Welcome to this edition of Free Speak, a podcast of the Namibia Media Trust, and I'm Gwen Lister. It's a huge understatement to say that media are going through a myriad of problems, both internal and external, right now. Many of these constraints, says Jonathan Bierkes, online editor at the Namibian Broadcasting Corporation, who also has years of print experience behind his back, and these center on the newsroom itself. The lack of leadership and management in newsrooms, um, the lack of investment by owners of, of media, and that's both private and public, um, and um, the looming uh, mental health crisis in, in newsrooms. And not least affected are journalists themselves, who grapple with various issues affecting their lives and livelihoods at the same time that they often bear the brunt of public criticism against a background of waning levels of trust in journalism in general. Addressing the issue of quality journalism, mm -hmm. especially about okay. professionalism, yeah. the ethics about journalists, their conduct, um, then uh, definitely their working conditions and the salaries, how they are remunerated. Says Jemima Bierkes, senior reporter at The Sun newspaper, who is also part of current efforts to get a journalist union off the ground. Please join me and my guests today as we examine some of these critical challenges. Jonathan, um, you recently wrote a piece that was published in New Era newspaper entitled The Problems with the Media. And you took a lot of swipes across the spectrum at journalists, at newsroom management, all over the show. Um, at the bottom of it, you are pointing out that some of the challenges that media are facing right now are of their own making. Yeah. Would you like to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, as, as I said, um, <clears throat> and I, I wrote the piece because I, want, I wanted us to, to talk about our issues. Um, we get uh, uh, insulted almost on a daily basis. And, um, the, the press secretary of the presidency is uh, notorious for uh, hurling insults at the media. Anyway, I wanted us to talk about the issues that affect us. Um, and I pointed out uh, the lack of leadership and management in newsrooms, um, the lack of investment by owners of, of media, and that's both private and public. Um, and um, the looming uh, mental health crisis in, in newsrooms uh, that remains un, untouched. No one is really mm. talking about it. And I know uh, a lot of colleagues uh, taking uh, depression medication and uh, I've uh, it basically across all newsrooms. Uh, we have serious alcohol and drug abuse problems in newsrooms uh, and we are just not talking about it. Uh, so I, I wanted us to start this conversation mm -hmm. uh, and I was also a bit heartful of uh, the way uh, we've been treating our journalists, especially younger reporters. Uh, 
as I said in the piece, uh, editors can easily walk away with up to 80,000 a month, mm -hmm. uh, while senior journalists get as little as 12 to 15,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And that, that is just too big a gap. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it speaks of this lack of investment in not just equipment, but also human resources. Exactly. I think some very pertinent points raised there, Jonathan, definitely, which media needs to talk about. And one of those is, of course, uh, and you've touched on it, that it's lousy pay mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of journalists. That having been said, um, the fact that journalists haven't, over decades really, since independence managed to get a union together, speaks also to journalists themselves. And maybe speaks to, um, almost opposite to what you say, to, to, to the fact that journalists here are maybe too comfortable or too complacent or not hungry enough, uh, like perhaps some of their colleagues on the African continent where, as you know, pay is so bad that the, the problem of the brown envelope mm -hmm. proliferates. So, Jemana, I know that you're part of a group that is now talking about um, getting a union off the ground. Yeah, well, Give me yeah. some thoughts around why you're doing that now. Um, well, I've personally been in the industry for um, only about eight years myself, and I know even when I started, there were talks, people were really talking. Um, I can't uh, really say why people didn't manage to get it off the ground, but I think at this point, we have the energy in the industry right now. We have a lot of young journalists who realize how important this is. Um, when it comes to, are people not too hungry? Um, I tend to have a problem with that term, mm -hmm. because first mm -hmm. of all, I think it is, it is, it's unfortunate that people think journalists must be hungry first before they can yeah. be given decent sure. salaries. Um, so maybe we are hungry enough now, if that must be it. But um, we, are, we are looking at, um, we are talking about setting up a, gen a, a journalist union. We, um, we are 70, about 70 journalists who okay. talk to each other on a daily basis. We advise each other on issues. We, we talked to, uh, I mean, some of these journalists have already been uh, treated like Jonathan said, some exactly. of them sent home without any pay, some mm, people, sure. I mean, I, I know some journalists who are sleeping on the employers' um, backyards because wow. they are not being paid, and this happens right on our doorsteps. Right. Um, and um, then, then you find media owners saying, are you not hungry enough, or are you not, um, mm. um, why is it that you cannot organize yourself? Um, and I think, um, the fa uh, given the fact that uh, uh, Namibia is the mother of the Ventuk Declaration, we should not even have an issue about a Absolutely. union. We should be the first country that must pay its journalists decently. So yes, we are looking at a union because we realize how important it is. And perhaps COVID has um, given us this platform and a bit of a taste. And the impetus and too. The, uh, yes, mm. that too. So yes, we are looking at that. Yeah, because having said that, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that the media have been very severely affected, not necessarily because of COVID, but it's made the situation so much worse mm -hmm. than it was prior yes. uh, to this pandemic. And as you say, uh, journalists are facing pay cuts, a lot of retrenchments, and obviously a lot of media houses or smaller 
media institutions are simply shutting down. And, and, and the issue, the biggest problem lies with the smaller media houses. They hire and fire at will. They do as they please. Some of these people, uh, and because some of the media, we know how powerful a journalist by itself, a $12,000 journal, journalist yes. is. Imagine how powerful an $80,000 editor is. Do you think a yes. journalist, a rookie journalist, would have the, the confidence to go seek for legal advice? This is not going to work. Exactly. We, because journalists are being trampled upon in the, in the newsrooms. And um, jo uh, Jonathan was talking about mental health issues. Most of these people yeah. do not even know what mental health is. Exactly. I mean, I, when I started out in journalism, I saw people handing out pills to each other. And I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> Until I snapped myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, this is actually a big deal. And people were, uh, are making jokes about journalists being drunk all the time. Some of these people are... Um, self-medicating mm -hmm. because uh, number one they may not have a medical aid yeah number two um they may even have it but they don't even real first of all they're so overworked they don't even mm -hmm. have the time they don't some of these journalists i know so many journalists walking the streets they cannot get off because the people rely on them exactly yeah yes what do you think jemima and jonathan mm -hmm. maybe you want to come in here this is very concerning this issue of mental health particularly what do you think has been the the uh, impetus, if you like, uh, for that happening. Is this something new? Is this something that's been growing over no, time? Is it due to working conditions, pressure of the job? It's, Where, it's, where's it's this been, it's, it's been in the newsroom since I came into the newsroom less than 20 years ago. Uh, but it used to be a drinking problem, yeah. or a drug problem. Okay. Uh, but uh, journalists have been self-medicating for years. Um, and it definitely is uh, a, a work issue because we, as I said in the piece, we are not necessarily in a war zone. But the issues we get to deal with, when yeah. you know yeah. how many people come to you almost on a daily basis, yeah. with the deepest and just issues, and um, journalists have to uh, uh, be therapists. Uh, for others, uh, all the time. Uh, uh, assisting people. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and we get uh, exposed to the deepest and baddest poverty and crime. And you can't say this, is, this will not affect you. It will in the end. Um, and on top of that is the financial issues. Things are just getting more expensive. And pay don't rise with the expenses. Um, and then there's the, the, the added workload in, uh, in newsrooms nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, journalists are naked. Yeah. They, have yeah. to, they have to cover so many stories. They well. have to multitask. They don't just write a print story. They also have to take pictures and video, sometimes yeah. even edit that. Uh, and like uh, Jemima, them uh, print journalists, but they appear on... Uh, 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 Talk shows. Talk show, television exactly. talk show exactly. uh, in the evening. Um, and for the amount of work that journalists get to do, they just don't get the pay and the recognition for it. Um, and I'm, I think this is where the, the, the mental problems come in. And I think possibly, uh, Jonathan, to add to that, you know, we talk about people shooting the messenger, mm -hmm. which is the media, and, yeah. and they get shot at all the time, let's face it. Yeah. It is not a job 
um, that that most of the time um, the public really look up to you. Yeah. Um, the public are very quick to criticize and most journalists who are doing the job aren't really thanked for it, let's yeah. face it. The other thing you mentioned, and it's very important, although we're not in a war zone, journalists still have to tackle a lot of issues mm -hmm. that the public yeah. don't care or don't really know about. Mm -hmm. If we take just for example the hepatitis E outbreak yeah. and a journalist going to do investigative reporting in those communities, mm -hmm. Those are things you take home with you. Exactly. Um, you don't sleep at night because mm -hmm. I always like to say that I think most journalists are doing what they do, not because they want wealth and riches mm -hmm. and glory, but because it's a public service. Yeah. And so they're usually people of conscience and they take those issues home with them and mm -hmm. spend hours thinking mm -hmm. about how can they help um, uh, people. I'm, I'm not sorry for chipping in. I'm no, not thinking of do. the COVID. When COVID broke out, I remember yeah. my colleague was inundated with uh, calls. People, uh, we would like to speak to him. Yeah. We, uh, can he please? Can you tell us that, what does this regulation mean? Please explain. Mm -hmm. So exactly. the whole day, this is how yeah. you spend half of your day. Mm -hmm. But uh, going back to the mental health issues, um, we are human beings at the end of the sure. day. I remember um, uh, past, uh, covering a hit and run one day, and uh, my daughter was. Um, five years old at the time, yeah. the child looked just like my, my daughter, the child that was killed. And there I said, and I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to write a story and um, I'm just thinking this could have been my child. So you go home with this kind of trauma or um, up in, uh, to uh, the Konene region, you go into the deep areas and you go to the most impoverished communities. Absolutely. And um, you come from a culture where you um, at least give a ten dollar or something, mm -hmm. but yeah. this this, um, this uh, industry won't allow it. So you mm -hmm. leave these people you know they're mm -hmm. going to die of hunger, but you're not uh, allowed to do anything. These are the kind of things that really work on you. You go and exactly. you see all these things happening, but you must just write, you must just pull your notebook and go home and move on. That's what people expect. But it affects you deeply. Yes, yeah. And I know I'm one of those people. I'm often myself critical of the media because I'm a journalist myself. Yeah. I care very deeply about the state of our craft. Um, and when I see lack of professionalism and lack mm -hmm. of quality journalism, it really incenses me. At the mm -hmm. same time, I'm journalism's greatest defender uh, because I look at a public that critiques them all the time and I often try and explain. Even in the past, in my days as an editor, I would get a minister calling me and saying, we're not prepared to speak to this journalist mm -hmm. or that journalist mm -hmm. or the other one and I'll only speak. And yeah. I would say, you need to have understanding and you need to help these young journalists Mm -hmm. make their way in life. Never forget, most people do a job where they're doing one thing. If yeah. you're a bank clerk, you're mm -hmm. working with figures and money. Mm -hmm. Journalists are sent from, as you say, a story about a huge health uh, uh, crisis like hepatitis E, mm -hmm. to suddenly have to covering a water desalination mm -hmm. plant, to writing about Air Namibia's purchase of new mm -hmm. aircraft, so they didn't run. Yeah, they've got to be masters of everything mm -hmm. they write about and the pressures are immense. Mm -hmm. And the journalist who really cares about his or her craft is going to research all those things. Yeah. So they've got this sort of head full of information. Mm -hmm. And again, if there's a single little error, mm -hmm. however unintentional, the public are so quick to pounce. Yeah. Um, so as I say, there's this dichotomy, isn't mm -hmm. there, about journalists that so much is expected of us. And that sort of universal vision of a journalist is as this tough mm -hmm. person who, as you say, Jonathan, back in the day of the good old hacks, as they call mm -hmm. them, hard drinking, mm -hmm. hard working, mostly men, yeah. who could take anything and all the mm -hmm. pressures 
to get that story. Things have changed. It's yeah. not the same anymore. And people are affected very badly. Just maybe the last thing before, yeah. we, before we step off are just editors, journalists, owners. Normalized therapy. Yeah. Uh, most uh, medical aids uh, pay for therapy. So sure. see if your medical aid can pay for that. And, and go to therapy. Don't. There will be the uh, the odd person who talks negatively about therapy, but just go to therapy. Exactly. Yeah. And seek the help you need. Seek I think the other thing that must definitely be normalized is mentorship. Yeah. Because um, um, there is really no mentorship uh, culture in the media industry. Yeah. Um, I personally had to back my way. I had to eventually quit a well-paying job to go and, um, well, freelance and intern at no cost at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, uh, when I started um, entering the political um, um, journalism um, sector, yes. People were looking at me, no, we can't talk to you. Mm -hmm. We'll speak to your uh, colleague, which is obviously mm -hmm. a, a male. And mm. um, so I had to really push myself. Mm. And I've noticed even the female journalists, they, they, are, they are afraid. They feel they can't mm -hmm. touch politics, they can't touch business because it's yeah. for the males. And the male journalists, they also yeah, um, uh, shouted off as if, as if it belongs to them. I've noticed in some, if you, if, during gatherings, you would find the male journalists there in the corner mm. because they are the important ones. They are mm. talking mm -hmm. there. Mm. So when a woman comes, they start talking about girlfriends and boyfriends mm -hmm. or soccer because yes. that's what women are good yes. for. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's really um, unacceptable that we are still where we are right now. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's that thing of the high hierarchy in newsrooms having been flattened over the last 20 years. Yes. Uh, you used to have a news edit an editor, news editor, sometimes associated editor, uh, and an army of, of sub-editors. Correct. It's gone. Yeah. We, we don't have that. You, you are lucky if you get a news editor and a deputy news editor. Um, so no one has time to mentor anyone. Exactly. And we've, we've jumped on this bandwagon of uh, bringing interns into the newsroom. But no one is uh, training at them. No one is mentoring them. That's a very good point. And, and yeah. we are going to lose, and we have lost, a lot of potentially very good journalists. Mm. Um, so we, we, we need to look at that. We need to improve yeah. that. Um, if we bring in uh, young journalists, cup reporters, interns, we need to have a system of training them and checking what, what we've trained them. Exactly. Uh, and and, and uh, we, we can't just uh, allow them to make coffee and do filing, as I've always said. Yeah. Um, we have to kind of let them loose in the world. Yeah. But, but with guidance. Give them a good grounding before, before you release them. Absolutely. A very good point, that. Because Absolutely. I think they're thrown in the deep end mm -hmm. and they have to produce stories. Yeah. And they shouldn't be. Yeah. And all things being equal, I remember when I started as a journalist back in, yes, you better believe it, <laughs> 1976, I had the option of taking a job on one of the major South African newspapers where I would then have been required to do two years of internship mm -hmm. first, where I would be writing births and deaths before I got anywhere near a news mm -hmm. story. Today, these yep. youngsters are put straight into doing major mm -hmm. news stories and 
if they haven't got the guidance they need, I think they flounder, yeah. and that may also give rise to some of the uh, medical um, and, and, and psychological if, issues. If, if they make a mistake, that hierarchy uh, of so uh, checking and rechecking and uh, uh, applying your mind and your experience, um, that it, it doesn't exist. So a lot of mistakes, un, unintentional, sure. slip through, sure. and in the end, that has to do to or it, it impacts on the quality of product we put out. Yeah. And that in the end has an impact on the trust that the public Absolutely. because the public say if you can't even get Gwen Lister's name right. What can you can, how can I trust the rest and the, of and what the public you do? don't see it's a, um, yeah. an intern. They don't know the yeah. details yeah. behind um, mm -hmm. backstage. They yeah. just yeah. see him as a journalist out Absolutely. there. And if you um, uh, involve yourself in such a big story then obviously you must be a senior journalist. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And that's how they treat him. Mm -hmm. Exactly. On the other hand, Jemima, there is another side of the coin. Yep. Um, and I know in the time since I've moved on from active daily journalism, I've mentored a lot of young people to varying degrees of success. Some have just risen to the challenge and they've eaten up everything. Others are not really interested. There is also because, and it's largely, as you say, maybe newsroom management's fault, mm -hmm. that these youngsters are put right on the front page, right from day one, yeah. that they then feel, oh, maybe I don't need this guidance and mentoring. Mm -hmm. And I found that the basics, adherence to the basics is mm -hmm. lacking. Just the fact that people need to be reading. Our journalists aren't reading anymore. Yeah. They, so, as I say, we've got to look at both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. There is, on the one hand, the fact that they're badly abused in mm -hmm. some circumstances and left out to dry. On the other hand, are they really doing what they can to improve the levels yeah. of their journalism? I agree with you, Gwen. Um, I've, I've experienced that some, especially the born free yeah. the journalists, um, they have, I don't know why it is, but they have um, this attitude that once they step into the newsroom, nobody's going to ask them anything, no, nobody's going to tell them anything. Mm -hmm. So they do what they want. You should not even assign them to something. Um, they just, they just, take issue with every single thing, but it's not, like you've also said, it's not everybody. No, no, um, no, no. There's some star, rising there stars, are, let's are be definitely. honest. So I think we need to build on the ones that are willing to. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, the, the ones that do not want to be part of it will mm -hmm. eventually leave. Will eventually and, leave. And, and that is one of the big problems that we have. That pool of, of cup reporters is shrinking and shrinking because um, I, a few years ago, I spoke to a second-year journalism class at NAST, and there were 25 students there. And I asked them, when you graduate, what do you want to do? Only two of the 25 wanted to actually work in media. PR. These, yeah, these PR. are uh, media students, but they want to work in, in PR, they want to work for NGOs and the UN, and uh, a few would maybe uh, uh, consider a, a TV presenter's job. Exactly. The softer, yeah. the softer, yeah. softer yeah. The, side. They, they want to look good. Yeah. Um, so that that pool of uh, young journalists is just getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And I think we have a responsibility uh, as experience people in media to continue to talk, continue to unearth um, and it doesn't have to just be 
in journalists in, and, and media students. Mm. Um, I have uh, seen people who studied law, uh, for example, do very well in journalism. Absolutely. So if, if, if the passion is there, but you have to be on the ground, you have to talk to people. Uh, and if, if you continue to sit in your ivory tower in the office, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, editors need to get out. Yeah. Uh, because they're so well paid, they all live in Eros. Uh, um, and, and no one drinks in the Shabins anymore. Where they can pick up their stories. <laughs> Where they can pick up stories yeah. and, and identify a, yeah. a good talent. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's again down to us. Uh, we need to make the circle bigger, mm. as the popular songs say. Mm. Uh, but we, we won't get that if we just sit in our offices. Yeah. We, we have yeah. to go out there. And you touch on a very important thing, which is character. Not yeah. everybody can be the journalist. Same yeah. as I often say, if I was put in a bank or made to be a bank yeah. manager, I'd, I'd really, I'd run the bank into the ground <laughs> in all likelihood. But so people are good at some things and not good at yeah. others. And it does, for journalism, it does take a very particular type of character, yeah. uh, Jonathan. And at the end of the day, the, the sort of psychological pressures aside, you do need to be a person of kind of very strong character. Yeah. You need Absolutely. to be able to take when it's dished out, mm -hmm. whether it's the public, whether it's the type of stories that you cover that, that will break others' hearts. If you, you can't deal with it if you're not, if you're not strong in yourself. And as and you say, you have that passion, that commitment, that public service yeah. drive to push you through. And you have to be able to uh, stand by your story and take the criticism. Exactly. Because if it's a good story, there's always someone uh, who will criticize it um, and if you expose people they will defend them absolutely so it's, so it's definitely very important that we have confident journalists sure. like, um, I know sure. very 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 few journalists are ready or prepared to even question the president mm -hmm. because he is so condescending mm -hmm. he just um, um, Cuts people, cut people off when they ask him something. So a, a rookie reporter won't be even able to ask him about mm -hmm. anything. So we need to work on the confidence of journalists that exactly. are sent to State House. And also maybe there's a problem with, as Jonathan pointed out, even newsroom management, knowing mm -hmm. the situation at State yeah. House, should not be sending their trainee journalists to cover a conference where they are going to be put upon mm -hmm. by politicians, but rather send the tougher journalists the more, uh, uh, what can you say, uh, experienced ones who can, mm. who can take it and, and dish it back out if you like. But um, Jemima, let's quickly just um, get back to the union. Are you envisaging, or is it too early to say, the kind of union where um, you're going to deal mainly with labour issues such as remuneration, working conditions over time, or are you looking to a broader union which could also at the same time focus attention on that very important issue of quality journalism, ethical journalism, and also to do things like we talk about things like salaries and they're bad. Mm -hmm. Something that may be very necessary is both a skills audit and perhaps a salary audit, Absolutely. which is a doable project given the office of the uh, Employment Equity Commissioner. Mm -hmm. Those sort of statistics, those figures are available for someone who's prepared to do the research and to find out what exactly are journalists earning mm -hmm. at the various ranks. Are they 
very underpaid or is it uh, do they have benefits things like that so what are you thinking about union wise in that regard yes like i've said earlier we are we are still talking we are looking at how we can um, handle this thing but we ideally we are looking at addressing the issue of quality journalism especially mm -hmm. about oh, professionalism yeah the ethics about journalists of, of uh, general uh, their conduct um, then uh, definitely the working conditions and the salaries, how they are remunerated, and um, mental health is certainly a very big deal. Of course. So we're looking. So yeah, ideally it's going to be a bit broad, but it's it's a bit uh, premature to say exactly how it will. It work. will work, yes. but I'm so glad the discussion has started, and I really do hope it it, it comes to something. Yes, this is definitely um, a different time. Uh, we are definitely going to get it off the ground. Yeah, yes. excellent. Um, Jonathan, perhaps we probably, it's such an interesting discussion, we can just talk for hours about this, but let's get back to the good old public, mm -hmm. the people who, who either make or break us in many ways um, with the various media, vulnerable as it is, uh, especially, but not only because of this uh, COVID um, pandemic. What has happened with the public? Why, especially when you look at traditional media, mm -hmm. most notably newspapers, less so television mm -hmm. and radio, but we've lost our audience to a very large degree to the online world, yeah. most particularly social media. Yeah. How has that happened? Is it, to go back to your piece in New mm -hmm. Era, is it our fault that we've lost that audience or is it that they've just become very superficial in their appetite mm -hmm. for news and information and want those, those clicks? They're not prepared to read a good investigative mm -hmm. article anymore. How have we lost that and how do we bring it back, if at all it's possible? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there are myriad of, of reasons why. Uh, but people have easy access to the news. Um, you get access to stories um, through Facebook on a website um, and, and, and media houses put out the stories as soon as it's in the paper or on the on the bulletin. Right. Um, so they they put that out there for free. Right. Um, you 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 have to buy data from mm -hmm. an internet service provider, and you give away your your personal information for free to Facebook. But the media house doesn't get anything in return. Yeah. And uh, I've, uh, when we started the uh, multimedia department at the Namibian, we've seen how sharp the online audience grew. Mm -hmm. uh, for the two years that I was responsible, it grew by 30% every year. Right. Um, and it's the same trend I'm seeing now at the NBC. Um, so people are definitely moving online. They don't want to pay for physical copy of the Namibian anymore uh, because they don't have to. So we need to find ways of getting a little bit back yeah. uh, and, and there are a lot of ways how we can do that right. but uh, we don't have enough time. So um, I, I don't want to go into the nitty gritty of how we can uh, monetize and maybe get our own back. Uh, but people will always still buy the newspaper if the quality is good. Right. Uh, if the stories 
uh, resonate with me. Uh, if I see people from my area, my hometown, my neighborhood, people who look like me in the paper, if we tell the stories of those people, if we continue to expose the rot in governance, if we continue to expose the unethical business environment in this country, we will continue to get, to, to, audience. To, to get the audience, whether it is on print, on radio, television. Uh, but the, the online audience will continue to grow as more and more people get access to the internet. Right. Uh, and more and more people have access to smart devices. Right. Uh, but we need to find a way of monetizing that audience. Okay. And, 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 and I think it's important that for this to work, we also need to upscale our journalists. Exactly. Uh, um, you can't be, um, this is um, um, the, the t a time of uh, swim or sink, so right. you have to right. reinvent yourself. As a journalist, uh, media owners must really invest in training um, and, like he said, devices, because these are the tools Absolutely. people need. And in a sense, it's all a vicious circle, isn't yeah. it? Um, when you look at, if we look at lack of quality journalism, then we've also got to look at the places employing them, do they mm -hmm. have the wherewithal to invest in that training and if they don't, why is it because the public aren't buying those mediums or supporting those mediums yeah. anymore? So I'm reminded of what um, Freya Wierkblatt's Max Dupree said recently, even in the view of the sustainability crisis for media, the demise of good journalism, that all we can do is do what we do best and do good journalism yeah. and hopefully in that way um, we can bring back the public appetite for news and that in turn will help us to pay journalists better and they would be more professional in what they do and like someone recently said at the end of the day journalism it will be journalism that will save itself yeah yes. thank you jemima that's a great note to end this podcast and thank you both very much for joining us for thank what you. was a fascinating discussion thank today you. thank you thank you Thank you.